Um, welcome to another Hometime Show podcast. Uh, if every now and then you dabble in the live radio version uh, of Hometime, uh, you may know that uh, on the bank holiday, uh, Bush was in for a 10-hour indie disco marathon, but actually in the studio here for it. You've done 10 hours with our producer in the studio, yet one day on... You're back at home and you can't do three hours with me. I can only but take this personally. I think my return to us all being in the same room just needs to be phased. I think that's the best way to put it. Let's just phase into it. Roadmap to life, Bush. Exactly. Mate, it feels like a Monday. It's actually a Tuesday. There you go. You missed your big chance last week on Thursday. <laughs> I know. Right, going into the bank holiday weekend, it genuinely felt like a Friday, but it was a Thursday, and you weren't even around to say it. <laughs> Do you know what? I wasn't far away. I, I I could have made my way in, even though it was a week off work. It was it was so tempting to come back in. It's weird, isn't it? Taking a week off during um, you know this, as we come out of lockdown, like yesterday, for example, it's still just about my holiday before I came back today, and we were spring cleaning. That's hard work, spring cleaning. Um, uh, and I've discovered, Bush, I, I might be more of a hoarder than I thought I was. Uh, we had one of these, um, well, it, it was a music magpie session. You know, you, you, you accrue oh, yeah. all these CDs and DVDs and it's, it's time to get rid. Um, so going through some of them yesterday and uh, there was one of mine that Natalie wanted me to, uh, to, to, to music magpie. I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not getting rid of this. I'm not getting rid of this. It was my... Royal Scott, Euston to Preston, VHS, Cab View Video. Wow, now, wow, that is amazing. You might need to run us that bias one more time just so we can fully take in the title of this VHS cassette. What is it called? I've got, I've got a picture of it on my phone here because um, such was my excitement at seeing it again. The Royal Scott, driver's eye view of Euston to Preston. I bought it for one quid. Wow, and so this is... This is a camera on the front of a train it's an entire train journey from the driver's perspective just on a, on a video cassette with no is it got any like narration on it or is it just purely just the journey it's 90 minutes long uh, in real time Euston to Preston and it's narrated by uh, TV's Fred Dynage wow well, there you go <laughs> yeah, that's alright isn't it but here's the thing right here's what makes it crazy I don't have a video player. That got chucked years and years and years ago. So why am I holding on to a VHS tape <laughs> when I don't have anything to play or watch it on? It's absolutely absurd. But I promise you, no one is prizing that video from my possession. Well, Joe, I think everyone has got things in their life, right, for whatever reason, even though your thing doesn't make sense because you have no means of playing it at the moment. No. You just refuse You refuse to chuck it out. You refuse to give it up. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like the Alamo. You're hanging in there. <laughs> so, look, support me on this. If there's something in your house that you refuse to get rid of, what is it? This might be an opportunity to, to flip things somewhat. Maybe there is another half in your house who is also refusing to get rid of something and it's driving you maybe you want to get crazy. rid of the other half and they're doing your edit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Nina says, my other half will not throw throw out the two full-size ice hockey sticks that we have in our shed. We don't play ice hockey. We never have. We never will. He won't tell me where he got them from, how long they've been in the shed, or why we've got to keep them. Joe, this is the perfect forum for people admitting, you know, in their own lives that there's something that you've been holding on to that you refuse to give up. But also, like you say, anyone else in your house, someone you live with, your other half, (laughs) they're holding on to stuff and space is at a premium. Get in touch. For me... 
that the most common um, uh, argument and uh, discussion that we have in this house is about my hoarding of cardboard boxes. <laughs> I, I, I can't let a cardboard box go because you never know. Do you know what I mean? You never know when you're going to need it for something. And I buy and sell quite a few board games because I'm a massive, massive nerd. And I'm forever thinking, oh, man, that would be perfect for that game if I ever sell it. So I just keep them. But the problem is I stuff them everywhere, like underneath beds and behind cupboards. I genuinely have a flash forward to myself, maybe on a Channel 5 documentary. You know, <laughs> crawl in to get to the toilet and having to go upstairs and climb on top of the bed like one of them hoarders. David says, I'm with you, Richie. I refuse to give up my Only Fools VHS collection because they're not cut like the DVDs. Even though I threw away my video player because it destroyed a tape and... I can watch Only Fools on Netflix or Gold. My friend questioned my sanity just the other day. What does he mean, they're not cut like the DVD things? What do you, The DVD versions are edited differently than the video versions? I believe so, because I guess they're a little bit newer, so they've trimmed them. Wow, that's amazing, that, isn't it? And also, if you have it on VHS at some point, you can get on the old tracking. Love a bit of tracking. It's almost like interacting with it, do you know, as well. Uh, Alex has tweeted to say it has to be cables. Uh, uh, he says you never know when you're going to need a DIN cable, and he says there's no good way to coil up an HDMI or an Ethernet cable on his gov. Sending a photo of three or four buckets filled with cables. This man is out of control. I don't think I've ever heard of a DIN cable. Uh, Gary, what is clinging on in your house? Well, it's, the thing refused to be chucked is my wife's wedding dress. It just takes up a huge amount of space. So her wedding dress is gone. But what hasn't gone and what is now in the box she thinks stores the wedding dress is my Everton Football Club memorabilia that she thought she made me sell about five years ago. Wow, this is unbelievable. So let's just put this together here. Your, your wife won't get rid of her wedding dress. What she doesn't realise is the dress is already gone. And in the box that she thinks the dress is in is some fantastic Everton memorabilia. Bearing in mind that I'm a fellow Everton fan, this is amazing. What have you got in there? <laughs> oh, I've got 66 Cup final stubs, you name it, everything. Everything. <laughs> Gary, I mean... That, I mean, that, that's amazing memorabilia that you've got in this box, but the, the fact of the matter is, is your wife at one point is going to want to open up that box for that wedding dress that she won't chuck and find that it has been chucked already. But is she going to look? I mean, it's been seven years. She's never opened the box, clearly, because the evidence has been in there for about five Good on you. And, and why do people keep wedding dresses? I mean, it's a very good point there, Gary. Why, what's her reasoning for keeping it? I think they keep it to pass on to the kids, don't they? And try and get the daughter to wear part of it. The daughter is going to wear that when she gets married, not in a million years. <laughs> but she <laughs> might wear the Everton kit in there, yeah? <laughs> oh, she, she's a season ticket holder. She'd happily get married in an Everton kid. <laughs> Good on her. Fantastic. It's great to see. And Up I'm the toffees. i pay when she catches me as well, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Good to chat to you. Thanks very much. And you, gents, have a great day. Very quickly, this text has just come in. Let's mark the time at, uh, what is it, like heading towards five to five. Uh, Daryl says, after 34 years, I can't shut the messes out. Grown a liker after all these years. It was going to come at some point. Uh, This one says, I refuse to get rid of my old uh, Silver Cross coach-built pram. I bought it 30 years ago, and it's carried our three children, and now our three grandchildren. It's now waiting patiently for the next one. Wow. I might have also just got a doll size for one of our baby granddaughters for when she's old enough as well. So it's wow. unbelievable, that. 
And then this has come in, and there is hope for me. Uh, Joe in West Yorkshire says, I am sure there are places that can put video onto DVD. I still have a videotape that was originally filmed on Cinefilm, and yes, like you, nothing to play it on. There is hope, Bush. Uh, this is a great text. It says, right, lads, Jack the Gardener from Bromley here. In the garage, I have about four sticks used to stir paint. I can get sticks from anywhere, but I can't throw out the ones that I've used. Do I need help? <laughs> no. Yeah. I think when you've got a good uh, you've got a good paint stirrer, don't chuck that. I, I think that's a fair game. It's a stick. It's just a stick. <laughs> there are sticks everywhere in this world. Jack, Ellie, come on. What won't you chuck, Ellie? It's a Simpsons. It's a massive sofa with all the Simpsons on it that my son wanted for his birthday for the top of the cake. And it's made of food, and he won't let me throw it out, and I can't let me throw it out, so it sticks on the windowsill. But it's wow, real so food, d- and I... Just to confirm, you have a bit of a cake that's... How many years old sat on your windowsill? Um, he was 10. He's nearly 14. He'll be 14 this year, so... Um, <laughs> a long four years, a long time. Hang on. So that's a four-year-old piece of cake? Uh, well, it's not the cake. It's the bit that went on top of the cake. We ate the cake, but not the right. people... On the top. I swear, I swear I've seen a Channel 5 documentary on you, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> but what's... All right, so it's the bit that goes on top of the cake, but what's that made out of? That still sounds like it's made out of some food piece. It's got marshmallow and Rice Krispies and icing wrapped around it. So it's food? It's food, yeah. OK. Um, <laughs> it is, well, you need an intervention, Ellie, I think, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I really love pasties, right? I, won't, I can't have a pasty on the windowsill for four years, can I, Ellie? Get a grip. A pasty doesn't look pretty. The oh, symptoms look pretty. <laughs> I don't think we're going to win this one. No, I'm you're not. It's staying. It's not going anywhere. So do you ever come up with a system of doing things that you're really proud of? And you'd almost love to go so far as patenting that system because it's so damn good. Let me cut you in on a thing that I've been doing, right? I've started doing something in the fridge. Uh, It's a bit of a game changer. I've not been been getting in there. I just mean something within the fridge that's a bit of a game changer. Let me explain. I love uh, yogurts. I love your Onkens, uh, Muller fruit corners, natural yogurt, set yogurt, Greek yogurt. I love all the yogurts. In fact, Mm. I can't think of a type of yogurt that I don't love, right? Mm -hmm. What I don't like is yogurts that have gone slightly off and then the risk and jeopardy of having a spoonful of yogurt that's off. I'm with you so far. With you so far. Scares the bejesus out of me, that. I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, and I don't really like the idea of having like a really off bit of yoghurt. So I'll, we buy them. This, we have the same process in the house the whole time, right? I'll buy a couple of fresh yoghurts, and I'll go to, to go and have a bit of one, mm-hmm. to have it with cereal or whatever. And I can't remember how long it's been open for, because it's all well and good having a best-before date, but if it's been open, the time is going, isn't it? Tick, tick, tick. Do you know what I mean? How do you even know? So unless you're freshly opening it, you've got that bit of jeopardy with your yoghurt. I've got a bit of jeopardy with me yogurt, and I don't even want to go as far as trying it because if you've ever tasted off milk accidentally or anything Ugh. like that, it stays with you for yeah. years. That feeling, doesn't it? Yeah. So I've come up with a system, a uh, Bush created system in our household, where I've got a sharpie pen, and what I've done is this is just for me. I've been writing down the dates that I've opened the yogurt on top of the actual <laughs> plastic thing, the clip on the top of it. It's lid, yeah. as it's known in the trade. Yeah. And now I know, unless people muck around with the lids, which I don't want to think about because I won't be able to go to sleep, but now I know 
exactly when that yogurt is going to be beyond its best before date and I'll just put it in the bin and I don't have that fear of of tasting off milk. This is a great system. I I am now hoping that WH Smith is one of the stores that is open so I can go and pick up a Sharpie of my own (laughs) and if you don't mind, start using your system at home. Brilliant. I mean, please do. And and don't just stop at yoghurt. Anything else in the fridge you want to put stuff on with a, with a Sharpie, get involved on that as well. It's genuinely been a game changer. I just wanted to ask anyone, in this hour of the show, right, if you've created a system in your own house that's your own patenting system of making life better, we want to hear about it on the Home Time Show this evening. Just drop us a text and I'm sure your patent will be protected. 8-12-15. This would work on a cathedral city, wouldn't it? It would, absolutely. Write that, write, that on the, uh, write that on the side. I mean, the last time I wrote on a block of cheese was when I was sharing a house to, to <laughs> say to someone else, get your own cheese, do not touch. <laughs> so it, it's, it's a multiple system. Steve the Tyler's just texted to say, hey, Bush, I hate to break it to you, but essentially all yoghurt is off. Hey, look, Bush, don't let Come Steve on, the man. Tyler try and put you off your system. I mean, technically, yes, all yoghurt is off. Oh. That's the nature of yoghurt. But this is a great system you have here. Honestly, right, I remember absentmindedly pouring off milk onto my Rice Krispies about two or three years ago and having a dirty big mouthful of it in front of uh, Good Morning Britain or whatever. And I've never forgotten it. And I just don't want that to happen again. That's why I've invented this system. Rich, have you got a system that you've, you've put in place in your household? do have, and I'm happy to share it. I have uh, two spreadsheets and uh, two alarms that go off once a week for each of those spreadsheets where I will, no matter what the weather and no matter what the time of year, uh, I will put my steppers on and I'll go out onto the driveway and note down the mileage of each of the cars uh, so yeah, that yeah. I know where they are on the four-year higher purchase system of the the car to check that I'm still behind the mileage and uh, you know it's all going to be good when I hand it back you could have a mileage holiday though with this whole lockdown we've been on because no one's been <laughs> I, anywhere I know I could go on long old drives it's great you could it is take, take advantage of it I like that it's a great system someone else says here Bush and Richie I put on a calendar when I need to use stuff up in the freezer it's home time with Bush and Richie loads of great songs and that on a Tuesday night we're talking about home systems tonight on the well, show. Have you made up a system I, at home? When I have to remember to take something to work with me um, or take something anywhere, and I don't want to forget that item, I leave the house keys on it, and that way wow. you just can't leave the house without it. Okay, so it's the... Uh, what's your surname, Ian, if you don't mind us asking? Thorn. The Ian Thorn Friendly Car Key Reminder System. <laughs> That's right. That's a good one, but I've not been able to find the keys quite a lot. Do you, do you worry sometimes that by doing this, you'll end up losing both of them? Possibly, but I, I've always got three items on me, which is phone, wallet, keys. So I just take them out, leave them on the kitchen side with the thing that you want to take with you, and you're done. I'm sat here playing devil's advocate, Ian, and I can't find a flaw in your system. Oh, great. I tell you what, in taking it to the next level, Ian, maybe you could use it to reserve some beds when we get to go on holiday again. Drop your car keys on them, maybe a table in a restaurant or your seat. Uh, leave one set of keys either side you in the cinema so you don't get that weird thing that people sit next to you, even though there's loads of space. Who knows? It could work. The Tuesday Tombola is perched behind me here in the studio. It's a gold tombola. It's not in great nick. Inside it, 100 balls. 
each of those balls, which are numbered, corresponds to a topic for the final hour of the show. Everything else, it might surprise you, is planned on this show, but this is something that we have no idea about. We don't know what we're all going to be talking about for the final 51 minutes. So you know, the other thing with this as well is that um, because we don't have any say in what happens, I think legally we're not liable for what goes on. So if something absolutely mad happens between now and seven o'clock, I don't think we can be sued because we didn't do it. It's the tombola. Do you absolutely, know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. And you, uh, you, I remember from my legal training during media yeah. studies GCSE, you can't sue a tombola. That's it. So the two key things were you can't sue a tombola and if you repeat a story that you've read in the paper, you can't be done for libel because the paper are going to uh, get done for it. That's it, They're yeah. The main you just two say bits. Alleged, Aren't they the main two bits? Yeah, you say allegedly or Allegedly, something, that's, that's it, it yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Good little uh, lesson there for uh, any budding broadcasters. Uh, we're, doing a, we're doing a feature next week where you get to have your say on ongoing court cases. Yeah, it's going to be a good so, one. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's ball number 10, amazing school play performances. <laughs> well, I'm going to throw my hat straight in the, in the ring here. I was one of about the third segment from the front of a dragon in the uh, pantomime Aladdin at school. Got rave reviews, had to wear black leggings, and obviously people couldn't see me head at all because I was part of the dragon. Uh, and it was great fun. I think we did three or four performances. I mean, it, it could have been taken around the world if it wasn't for the fact that I was only 10 years old at the time. A dragon in Aladdin? Yeah, big dragon. It was all about a lamp and a cave. In our one, it had a dragon. That's Devon for you, mate. <laughs> OK. If you've got... I, I, I want to ask more questions about this, but we'll move things on. If you have an amazing school play performance to share with us, we want to hear about it right now. 8, 12, 15 for your text. You can tweet us. Can at I tell you got, Yeah, please. Can I one other thing, right? This is Aladdin we're talking about, right? Yeah. So it's not like a bear... It's not a bear on a unicycle, because that would seem completely incongruous. This is during the... You know, that, that kind of... That uh, Oriental mythology and stuff. There's quite a few dragons knocking around in that kind of side of things. What's your problem? Yeah, but it was the famous thing is genie in a lamp in a cave. Do you know what? Now you've come to mention that, you've got a really good point. I never really questioned it at the time. <laughs> uh, but luckily, this text has come in saying Aladdin goes through a dragon's mouth into the cave to get the lamp. That's been an absolute lifesaver because I thought I'd been massively hoodwinked during a school play then for a second. Because if you think about it, if you're actually inside the dragon, you don't, you can't see anything. I mean, I might have just been out the back and they just were just too polite to tell me that I wasn't in the play. Do you know what I mean? So are we saying that the uh, the dragon's gut was actually what the cave was? Apparently, yeah, according to this fellow here on text. It's, it's a mad what you learn about um, plays after the fact, isn't it? Going to have to watch the film later when I get home. Um, yeah. Holly, uh, who are we hearing about with you then? Who, who's um, who's this amazing performance? It's about my brother in primary school. <laughs> what happened? He, he was the Christmas tree light. He didn't even make the role of Christmas tree and he had to hug a girl that he didn't like for three whole hours, three nights on the truck. <laughs> that's your, that's really weird because I, I was Joseph in a nativity and I didn't want to kiss Mary on the cheek and there was it was a big thing they kept trying to make me kiss I didn't want to kiss Mary oh bless you <laughs> it is traumatic at primary school girls and boys are very segregated so yeah Holly can I ask yeah, a question so that. was was the girl the tree yes yes so bless him he wasn't even alive do you know what? And all the all the time, all the while, his his own sister is called Holly, and it's got the perfect name for the role. You've got a whole Christmassy name. It could Thanks. have been overlooked. Yeah, it was a snowflake. 
<laughs> Don't get started on them. There's only like 30 snowflakes in the play or nothing special. Um, but yeah. But it oh. made me laugh because the other day my husband pointed out this girl and said, Oh, I don't like her. And I said, Why? And he said, Oh, she beat me to the Lion King bowl in year five. And I was like, I can't believe you've kept this grudge this whole time. You're 30. Nobody ever forgets like, a casting tragedy. They were giving each other evils across the park. It's very dramatic. <laughs> Carol Wowus, what were you doing? Yes. I, I was a burning bush. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what um, what play was this? What school play was it? Um, it was called Ramesses, and it was in primary school, and um, it was kind of like a consolation prize. Well, you can be a burning bush. It's like, brilliant. I don't get to be an Egyptian, but I get to be a bush. So my knowledge of burning bushes is, the only one that I can think of is the one that talked to Moses. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. And did you chat to Moses then as the bush? What was the voice? I what kind of voice sang. did you do to simulate that? I sang to him. I said, Moses saw a bush in the desert. It was burning with a steady flame. And the voice spoke out of a burning bush. It was calling out his name. I love wow. that you still remember the lyrics. Wow. <laughs> because it was what... my first role. <laughs> Absolutely, it sounds like you absolutely smashed it just from that little rendition there all these years on. Uh, what was your outfit? Obviously, you make a lot of these things at home. What did you make to look like a burning bush? Well, it was a white sheet with a hole cut in the top of, of my head. And we had to staple crepe paper, orange, yellow and red. God, the days before CGI. And yeah, also, what's, what's amazing is, is just to learn that the Old Testament scriptures were actually a musical as well. Yeah, of course they were. <laughs> All singing, all dancing. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show and everything. I'm still getting stick on, on text here about, um, even after the show's finished, about my performance in Aladdin as a dragon. <laughs> Someone says, I hear Bush also played King Kong in Romeo and Juliet. Please leave it, please. <laughs>